It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama. Oh my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth you probably should pay him but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah blah. No more Geno time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Melodies. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. Today, it's me, Jay King, joined by Sam Jam Packard, my man Sam. We're going to be giving you a mailbag today, a little, little mailbag edition. Before we get into that, just, just a shout out to our sponsor, BetDSI. Thank you, BetDSI, for, for sponsoring this podcast. You, just, just a beautiful thing. Uh, not so beautiful was the Celtics' performance against San Antonio. Although, although, let me just hold up right there. If you t- went on to bet DSI and took the Celtics last night, Marcus Smart had an um, unbelievable backdoor cover to get plus eight uh, with that play in the final minutes. So uh, you could have made money if you bet uh, went on bet DSI, used the promo code Celtics10, and bet on the Celtics last night. But that was the, probably the only positive uh, from that uh, kind of t- terrible, terrible game. I didn't even know that that was the line. That's that's a classic Marcus Smart thing to do is when the Celtics are completely out of reach and there's like 15 seconds left and Marcus Smart either gets a steal, goes in for tip dunk, like just does something outrageous. Everybody else lets up and Marcus just keeps charging along. Classic Marcus Smart. We'll start we'll start the mailbag with a, a Marcus Smart question because we're talking about him already. This is from Jason Hirons, 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 at, at Hirons JT. Is there a Celtics locker room fine for Smart posing for threes? Uh, now, this is something I saw going across Twitter was <laughs> – when Smart took three pointers against the Spurs and he finished 0 for 4, he held his fall through. It looked almost like Stephen Curry, like watching a three go down. Like Smart holding the fall through and acting like there was a 80% chance his three pointer was going down. Now, I, it didn't bother me, and I'll tell you why it didn't bother me. It's because he is shooting 29% for his career. 
There is no way he was admiring his three-pointers. Marcus Smart was trying to exaggerate the follow-through. He was trying some new trick to see if he could actually knock down shots. I don't think this is like him be, being super cocky and thinking every shot's well, going I'm, down. I'm not so because I he shot it, held the follow through up, and his hand was still in the air as the rebound came down. Like he he was one arm in the air watching as Avery Bradley went for the rebound and really didn't run for it. And I believe that was the play. Did that directly lead to a David Lee dunk? Like he held it I, I on for way whether it was a David Lee dunk, but yeah, it was. It definitely led to a Spurs runout. It was. He held it for a little bit longer than is is acceptable. So, uh, I think it was. I don't know what it was, but I I don't I don't necessarily agree that it was just a shooting form thing because he kind of just normally he's the aggressive guy to go after that fifty fifty ball, but his hand was definitely in the air when that ball hit the floor. Yeah, I mean, if he was posing like like one of the Warriors would. Or like like Nick Young would do, no, no, do, do never do that again, Marcus. There is a seventy one percent chance that any of your three pointers miss. So, <laughs> so no more posing. But I, I'm not convinced it was a pose. I think he was just exaggerating the follow through, trying a new trick to get it to go down. Next question from actually before we go to the next question, everybody follow us. Locked On Celtics podcast. Search for Locked On Celtics wherever you listen to podcasts. Audio Boom, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We should be on every podcast, every type of podcast listening thing. That there you go. That's a, that's a technical, technical description right there. So search for us. Subscribe to us. Give us a five star rating. We're we're the the only daily Celtics podcast. Which makes us the best daily Celtics podcast, and I like to think we're kind of fun. We're giving you we're giving you free free shows, so give us a subscribe, and that'll be your pay for us. Uh, anyway, we'll continue with the questions now. Matt J. Shannon four, what would you think of a PJ Tucker trade? It would block Brown's minutes, but be a nice upgrade. No long-term money issues. Sam, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, this is something I've been actually thinking about for a while because I thought P.J. Tucker was someone they could have targeted uh, at last year's deadline. Um, he's right. It kind of fits in exactly with the the wing depth that they can be a long-term commitment because I think he's a, a free agent at the end of the year. I think it's that big question is um, – would it stunt Jalen Brown's development? And then what are you giving up at this point that the Suns are going to want to take back that's kind of equal value to P.J. Tucker? Are the Suns looking to just compile draft picks? And then if so, what draft picks are you really willing to give for four months of P.J. Tucker? And Or are they just looking for someone like Amir Johnson whose salary they can just get rid of at the end of the year? I don't necessarily think I'd uh, give up Amir Johnson for P.J. Tucker because then you basically lose your your second rim protector behind Al Horford. A draft pick, um, one of the non-Brooklyn picks, I might consider it. P.J. Tucker's a pretty good player. He shoots well from three. He's a very good uh, defensive player, can defend the three and the four. 
Jared Dudley was going on a Twitter rant the other day about how he should be on an all-defense team, which I don't know I'm going to go that far, but I respect Jared Dudley for sticking up for his teammate. So I think P.J. Tucker would be a nice piece, and I don't really have that big a concern about blocking Jalen Brown because it would only be for this season. It's not like uh, it would be something that blocking him uh, forever. So if you can convince the Suns for do it for uh, maybe one of those lesser first-round picks, why not? See, I am a hundred percent out on a PJ Tucker trade and not because I don't think it could help the Celtics. He's the exact type of player. The Celtics should want to target. He, as, as Matt said, you know, no long-term money issues. He would be a nice upgrade. He'd be a very solid rotation piece. He could switch. He's rugged. He's everything the Celtics need. He's a good rebounder. Jalen Brown already needs more minutes. He played nine minutes last night against the Spurs. Nine minutes. This is, I mean. But, he, but not, he, he needs more minutes because they need someone to step up with wing depth. I don't think his long-term development will be that affected. And then there'd be like less of an issue of Jalen Brown needing to step up if you had a player like Tucker and could have someone to actually play backup small forward. How much better does P.J. Tucker make the Celtics? Fall has arrived at JCPenney, the perfect time to refresh your home. From now until Sunday, get up to 50% off select comforter sets, furniture, and the most comfortable mattresses from top brands like Tempur-Pedic, Sealy, Beautyrest, and more. And save 50 to 60% on select sheet sets, plus an extra 15% with your coupon on select home items. Hurry and soon. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Coupon valid 928-109 on select home items, furniture, and mattresses. Prices valid 928-101. Selections vary by store while supplies last. Fitting on regular and original prices. Intermediate markdowns may have been taken. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Uh, hopefully marginally, so they start winning some of these close games. I think that's all you're really looking for. I don't think he like vaults them into so, uh, so contender. He makes, he makes them marginally better, and then he's gone after this year because you want to free up maximum cap space, and you're gonna you're gonna give minutes to that guy rather than Jalen Brown, a 20 year old rookie who has shown great flashes of potential who absolutely emasculated Manu Ginobili last night, who went for went in and drew two fouls in the fourth quarter on nice drives, who continues to get better and better, who has had six straight positive impact games. And and you're gonna you're gonna push him further down the rotation, maybe take the rest of his remaining minutes because of PJ Tucker? Because of someone who won't turn the Celtics into a contender? No, no, no. To me, to me that that's an absolute no, no. Brown Brown needs his minutes and it's not that he needs his minutes because it will help the Celtics. I think it will help the Celtics. He needs his minutes because that kid's going to be good. And he's already decent. He's not he's not bad. So let him get his reps. PJ Tucker, no, no, no. I'm so out on PJ Tucker, even though he would help the Celtics. Even though he's he's like the perfect fit for the Celtics, and I'm still out on him. Still out on him. Sorry, no, no can, no can do on PJ Tucker. So I'm saying, like, I, I definitely understand the arguments in wanting uh, Jalen Brown, and definitely PJ Tucker is not going to instantly make it so the uh, Celtics can beat the Cavs in any sort of playoff series. But it sounds like, from your perspective. The Celtics should either make the big trade for the superstar or make no changes to the roster whatsoever. Yeah, basically. I mean, they're in they're in the the place right now where they have 
they have plenty of talent. They have tons of draft picks. They they need the next player, and PJ Tucker isn't the next player. You know, if if you can get an upgrade somewhere else, and, and to me the the thing about that is, it's Jalen Brown's minutes that would be taken. It's not like you're taking away Amir Johnson's minutes, or well, he barely plays anyways. But we can we can get to that later. Or or, or Jonas Jerebko's minutes, guys that really probably don't figure into the long term picture here. Jalen Brown, like he is one of their building blocks and to me his development is more important than however many wins pj tucker would be worth and, and pj tucker would absolutely like i said great fit great fit he's in a lot of ways exactly what the celtics need but i'm out i'm out okay jake bale jake bale at j bales 96 team has been riddled with injuries last year they started 19 and 19 and still won 48. C's are better now. Can people calm down? <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll combine this with my man Mike Dynan at Mike Dynan. Very creative name there. What's your answer to fans who are done being patient and want a big trade now? We'll start with you, Sam. Well, I think we covered this the last time we did a podcast together is just people need to chill out like i totally agree with uh j bales 96 it's that it's but it's the nature of twitter so can people calm down sure they can <laughs> no, will no, they pe- can't no they can't hypothetically there's a world out there where people can kind of just unplug from sports and not have it be life or death um but that doesn't really exist and we all know that kind of operating in new england for the past you know 50 years that people live and die with these teams. So no matter what, people are going to freak out after every single loss and then look for a big trade. It doesn't help that the Celtics are mentioned in every single kind of trade scenario or Woj goes on his podcast and says, Danny Ainge is looking to trade. I mean, it, people are just going to be constantly wanting something to change after every single loss. Um, so... I don't know. They're not going to calm down, but I think they should. Like basketball, like it's a long season for a reason, and they've only had four games where their entire lineup's been healthy. So, can people calm down? Probably not, but they should. <laughs> and it's so funny because, like, if they had won the Rockets game, if Al Horford had just made that layup, if they had held off the Raptors when they had a double-digit lead, if they had held off the Thunder when they had a double-digit lead then we'd be having a completely different conversation. And everyone would be so excited about the Celtics. They just got so many good wins. This team is playing awesome right now. Oh, my God. (laughs) And instead, it's like, tear everything apart. Trade everybody. It's it's amazing the swings that can happen when you lose to good teams. And look, that stretch of schedule was always going to be a doozy. And then when you add to it, Isaiah Thomas is pulled groin. That's tough. Now, I, I will say the Celtics do have some issues. Their, their defense hasn't been as good. They're, they're not forcing turnovers like they did last year. They've become a much better rebounding team. It, that, that issue has, has really not disappeared, but, I mean, the Spurs only had five offensive rebounds. Obviously, the David Lee tap out, damn it, David Lee, was, was a huge one. 
But the Celtics are rebounding the basketball. So I think there's there's a lot of progress that has been made. Brad Stevens keeps talking about progress. The progress is real. Now, I'm interested in seeing what happens when Isaiah comes back and they start to actually get healthy. So we'll see what they ultimately become. I I do think they're better. They're, they are better this season than they were last year. But we'll see. They haven't necessarily played better than than they were last year and, and part of that is injuries part of that is their defense sucked for a while and you know we'll see part of that is growing pains too with with guys like terry rosier jalen brown i don't know we'll, we we will see what it all how it all shakes out and we gotta take a word from our sponsors bet dsi do you love basketball <laughs> yes probably since you're listening to this podcast are you ready to get into the action check out betdsi.com they've got over 20 years in the business they are top rated they're safe it's one of the absolute best gambling sites there are betdsi.com has a great basketball special sign up today and get ten dollars free to try their service BetDSI is also offering a 100 bonus on your first deposit, 100% bonus on your first deposit. So if if you deposit $100, they will give you $100 for free. And maybe you put it on the Celtics, and maybe Marcus Smart has an amazing backdoor cover at the last second when his team has no chance of winning because that's what Marcus Smart does. But they're giving you free money. They have great customer service too. Fast and easy payment of winnings. They have hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. Also get UFC. Back before the presidential election, they even had Trump versus Clinton odds to bet on. That was interesting. BetDSI even has live in-game wagering on all football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play virtually everything at BetDSI. Go to BetDSI.com now. That's betdsi.com. Go there now and use promotion code CELTICS10. That's CELTICS10 to get your free wager and start winning today. Promo code CELTICS10 at betdsi.com. Go there. And now we're back to answering questions. Now hold, on. We're- hold on. Before I w- before we get to another question, I wanted to ask you there's something that's not in the mailbag. In- Ooh. A non-mailbag question. Yeah, this is just from the brain of Jam Packard. Um, <laughs> we saw uh, against the Spurs in uh, kind of in the last couple of games where the Celtics have definitely been playing better basketball, but they haven't really put together a full 48-minute performance. We saw against the Spurs, they were really good at, in the third quarter. They had some moments in the fourth quarter where they were cut leads. It feels like they're really good at cutting down a double-digit lead to about two or three. Um, but they really can never kind of put it together and be over the edge or put together like a full 48 minutes of like very solid basketball. Is there anything you can point to as to why that is? It felt like um, last season there was some time, especially against worse teams, the Celtics were able to come out and just dominate for the entire game. But here it takes them being down by 10 for them to finally kind of get it in effort or when they do finally play well and build up a big lead, they always seem to lose it. So why can't they just be good for 48 minutes? Well, some of that is the the opposition. You know, 
the the Raptors kicked it up a notch, and without Isaiah Thomas, they didn't have enough playmaking to combat that. The the Thunder just scored almost every time down the stretch, and I, I think part of that was Jay Crowder was in foul trouble. He fouled out with three minutes left, and so the Celtics they've had. I feel like they've had, and maybe this is wrong, but I I feel like they've had more miscommunications especially defensively than they did last year you know there was that play Manu Ginobili beat Marcus Smart back door and then there were a a bunch of plays when either Manu or Patty Mills got wide open for a three those are those are mistakes you can't you just can't have so their defense has has definitely slipped it's it's been better lately I, I think they will play better once Isaiah Thomas returns you know you take your best score away from the roster and there aren't a lot of teams that can play a full 48 minute game without their best score I mean think about it how many teams and the Celtics rely on Isaiah Thomas so much for everything he does and obviously you know Marcus Smart has had some nice point guard outings I thought he and the rest of his team they took a step back against San Antonio the San Antonio game the Celtics had played well for the previous games before that even though they were losing the San Antonio game was was not their best effort. They got shredded. They got Spurs, man. The Spurs just out-executed them. It, it was kind of like, like okay, the Spurs are on this level way up here, and the Celtics are notches and notches below. It, the Spurs were playing a men's game, and the Celtics were playing a boys game. They, they, they just didn't, execution-wise, belong on the same court with the Spurs. And the Spurs do that to a lot of people, but... The Celtics need to get back to executing, and 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 they've they've had it in stretches, like you said, just haven't been able to put it together. I'm not sure what it's been lately. I I do think the three guard lineups for the most part have been that, um, but the the lately I think it's just been they they miss Isaiah, and it it's really hard, especially in the fourth quarter. Or in the third quarter, when teams really ratchet it up, to continue scoring when you don't have that threat. And really, you know, Marcus Smart's played played well at point guard. He's not that that well-rounded offensive threat. He he can't score. Uh, he's not a good shooter. <laughs> so it, it's 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 really tough to sustain that with without Isaiah out there. And and defensively, it's it's the defense that that really has bothered me at times, especially against San Antonio. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll get to the next question from Atty Shepard at Addy Shep. This is a question about a question, which, which kind of mind blowing question about a question. <laughs> I still, I still haven't slept. I just walked in from San Antonio. I'm sitting in my bedroom with a women's headband on because my hair was in my eyes <laughs> and that's a question about a question is kind of yo problem. yo where'd you get that women's headband though uh <laughs> this is sad man this is sad i ordered women's headbands from from dick's sporting goods because my hair is getting too long man if i don't <laughs> if i don't comb it to the side it, it just falls in my eyes and the 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 regular headbands you know they're too thick so i had to get that women's headband that that myers leonard look See, I was trying to like set you up and be like, oh, someone may have left it here. But no, nope, you just uh, you prefer a lady headband. All right, that's fine. I'm not judging at all. If it does the job, it does the hey, job. Hey, Myers Leonard, my man. This is this is the Myers Leonard look. 
All right. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. All right. So <laughs> let's get let's get to the question within a question within a question. Usually, which media member asks the first question in a dead silent locker room after a painful loss? I, and I don't know. The the first question for Brad Stevens always comes from Bill Doyle, who writes for the Worcester Telegram and is an absolute legend. When actually when Doc Rivers had a conference call after he had left the Celtics, he waited for Bill Doyle to ask the first question. And it was it was like there was they both laughed. It was like this real funny thing because Bill Doyle always, always asks the first question. And when he's not there have been games when he doesn't go there. And Brad, Brad will look out and be like, what do I do now? <laughs> Bill Doyle's not here. So Bill Doyle is always the first one to ask Brad Stevens a question. I don't know. I, I guess it, it, it mixes up in a dead silent locker room. I think in the locker room, just who, kind of whoever pipes up first. Usually, it's always, it's always kind of awkward, though, after one of those bad losses. Uh because you know they're going to kind of give it just a cliche about how, how frustrated they are. So it doesn't even really matter what the question is. Is You could even go with like kind of the terrible, like just like talk about what you're feeling right now or talk about what happened out there. But the first answer is never really mo- uh, that illuminating. You just need to like give them room to just let out some of their frustration and anger. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I was – you had much more uh, experience in the locker room than I do. But I don't remember a specific person uh, from the beat being like, this is the go-to guy for difficult questions. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough after losses, especially frustrating losses, because you don't want to like insult the guys, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, okay, you didn't play well. Your team didn't play well. How do I frame this question so that this guy a doesn't hate me, but b gives me an honest answer, and like. Okay, Avery Bradley always super positive after a loss. You know that. Everybody yeah. knows that. Um, Jay Crowder, completely opposite. He, he overreacts super hard. Isaiah Thomas kind of kind of overreacts to losses. Those guys are like like when people react on Twitter and everyone hates the Celtics and wants them to blow them. To blow it up, I, I mean, I, I don't know if Isaiah Thomas and Jake Carter want them to blow it up. I'm sure they don't. <laughs> but when everybody overreacts on Twitter, that's that's kind of how they react after losses. And then Al, Al Horford, I'm starting to learn he's kind of like analytical about it. Like he will break down what went wrong basketball-wise for them. And he, he does a really good job of explaining what actually happened basketball-wise, whereas Crowder is just like straight emotions <laughs> and I, I i feel like brad stevens must have had a talk with crowder about not saying too many crazy things to the press after losses because he's kind of toned it down a little and, and after the spurs loss you could tell he wanted to just explode but he he held it back a little and and was was trying not to reveal his his innermost frustrations so yeah, you you kind of know which players will react which way, and and which ones. I guess you you know how you almost know how an interview is going to go before it starts after a loss with a lot of the players. Uh, <laughs> we'll get on to the next question now, which is probably my favorite one. What will it take to bring the savior 
and future president of the United States of America, <laughs> Evan Turner, back to Boston. <laughs> Both Brooklyn picks might be worth the gamble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in, man. <laughs> Mortgage of the future. <laughs> Bring Evan Turner back. Uh, I'm all in. I'm all in. Evan Turner, President President Turner. That was from Alex Kungu, by the way. I never know whether I whether I say his name right. I I think I say his name right. Kungu. I I've said his name multiple times on podcasts before, and I have gotten it wrong many times, and he's corrected me. Every single time, and I still am not sure what it uh, what it is because I'm um, a bad person. Um, so I apologize, Alex. Uh, but he's absolutely right. Bring back ET. You're just talking about the locker room. ET was a fantastic quote, and just bring him back for the entertainment alone because uh, the Celtics could use him at this point, both on the court and off the court. They're really missing uh, his kind of defensive versatility and his defensive kind of intensity. Uh, especially down the stretch of games, he's someone Brad Stevens relied on. Do I think they actually want him back with that contract? Hell no. <laughs> no team wants Evan Turner. The Trailblazers, if they could not do that again, they probably would not sign that contract. But he was a solid basketball player for the Celtics. And the one guy before uh, in like pregame availability who you could always go up and talk to and just shoot the shit with. So uh, for that, I would say he should be brought back. Maybe we should just... Uh, he should give have his own podcast. That would be a good thing. We just need to hear more Evan Turner uh, in the airwaves. We need to start calling him Jevin and turn him into a Rain and Jay. Ooh, Evan Turner? No, that doesn't work. <laughs> Jevin, <laughs> Jevin Turner. I I think Jevin Turner would be unreal. I don't think anyone would know it was actually Evan Turner. There's there's no way. No, people say that's too dumb a name for it to be actually Evan Turner. So I was I was watching Instagram Live the other night. By the way, Instagram Live, so the Celtics have been utilizing it incredibly so far. So <laughs> Gerald Green was doing it from this the Celtics bus yesterday, and I only caught like a couple minutes, but they were just cracking on each other, just clowning each other, and then. Isaiah Thomas was was watching the game where Evan Turner pointed or got DeAndre Jordan Jordan pointed his finger at Evan Turner's face and Isaiah Thomas just loved it. <laughs> <laughs> that whole scrap Isaiah was like like Evan's just with it. He's with it. <laughs> then he I mean he was he was thoroughly enjoying watching Evan Turner snap on DeAndre Jordan. Turner got ejected and Isaiah Thomas just just fully loved it. So yeah, Evan Turner, Banner eighteen. They they once he comes back, Banner eighteen is promised. Once once he and once he and PJ Tucker come to Boston, <laughs> it's all over, man. Uh, all right, let's let's get into the mystery machine. So Jalen Brown this summer tweeted tweeted out a picture of him with the Scooby Doo mystery machine. And said, "Who should come on, or something like, who should come on the ride with me?" So we've been doing this segment every week. Which five Celtics players or coaches, I guess, deserve to be on the mystery machine? This this week, I'm going with. I got the first. I'm giving myself the first pick, Sam. You deserve it. You haven't slept in days. (laughs) And I'm taking Isaiah Thomas because he hasn't needed to play to show his value after that first game against Orlando people were like oh the ball moved better 
Oh, Celtics might be might be improved without Isaiah Thomas. Shut up. This guy's an all-star, one of the best offensive players in the game. The Celtics don't have a lot of everything he provides, and they need it. They need it. He is riding shotgun. Hopefully his groin is improved enough to play Friday night against the Charlotte Hornets like the Celtics expect him to do. He, I almost want to give him the pick of of who he wants to bring along with him because this week has shown Isaiah Thomas it's an important dude. I'm, I just came up with a conspiracy theory myself that no one actually had the take that the team was better without him, but those were just imposters put out into the world by um, Stuhl Greeny uh, just so he could viscer- so he could defend Isaiah Thomas even more. Those were all just fake Twitter egg accounts, and no one actually believes that because it's one of the dumbest things that anyone's ever said. But really, uh, Dan Greenberg just needed something, something to just just keep uh, standing for Isaiah Thomas. So um, I agree with that pick. He deserves it. He has certainly – I'm surprised kind of how much time he's missed, but it sounds like he's really been putting in the work with Bidu back in Boston doing two-a-days. So I'm, I'm excited for kind of the improvement in play that's going to occur when, the, when he takes the court on Friday against the, against the Hornets. Yep. All right, your pick. I think the second pick's obvious. It's got to be Avery Bradley. He's been yep. playing very well uh, in Isaiah's absence, especially the last couple of games, just kind of doing a little bit of everything. Uh, he's basically been the Celtics' go-to guy in terms of creating his own shot. It's not like the thing he is best at uh but he's been really knocking down shots making hustle plays he had a couple good steals against the thunder he wasn't able to get it on that very last drive but without isaiah thomas kind of being the the main person the main go-to scorer uh al horford really hasn't stepped up in that regard and it's been all avery bradley and he's been playing very very good basketball he hit a like kind of a lull uh, I guess in the middle of the season, but now he's really stepped up and he's a very good basketball player and he deserves a ride in the mystery machine. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm throwing um, next guy, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown just keeps doing it. Just keeps doing it. He keeps getting better. Um, almost every game, Jalen Brown, you can see the improvements, his defensive improvements. I think from the beginning of the season have been great. He, Guarded Kawhi Leonard for a couple of possessions against San Antonio. And even though Leonard hit like two ridiculous shots with Brown all over his shit, Brown played good defense. And then he ripped Manu. Like those are two two incredible players. At least Manu used to be incredible. Sorry, sorry, Manu. But he, he was, did some things in the game that are just so frustrating because Manu is so old and super bald. And it's like you shouldn't be good anymore. But then he's so crafty that it's it's kind of doesn't make any sense. He's Manu, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't ever sleep on Manu. Don't ever sleep on Tony Parker. Don't ever sleep on anyone who is coached by Greg Popovich. That that is that is something everybody needs to learn. I mean, David Lee is out there getting double doubles. So. Don't, don't don't sleep on the Spurs. Dwayne uh, Jetson's just doing high flying dunks out of nowhere. Yeah, we got we got the Bertans brother going going buck wild, making big plays every time you look up. That Bertans kid, yeah. <laughs> We're a huge fan of Bertans. I hate Bertans. I can't stand I'm, his. I'm a big Bertans guy. That dude can play. 
He had a much better game of the when the Spurs played in Boston. He knocked down a couple of big shots. He didn't do as much last night, but for some reason, something about his face just really, uh, really makes me angry. He, I mean, he was throwing dimes everywhere. He hit the big three in the fourth quarter. Bird's hands was better than you're giving him credit for. Anyway, Jalen Brown, he needs. I want him to get more minutes. I think he deserves more. Not not necessarily deserves more minutes. I I think he probably does deserve more minutes, but it's borderline. It's just he he continues to develop and he's he's earning more minutes I think and just just throw him out there he's gonna be a good one he's gonna be a good one put him on the court all right Sam who who's the fourth member on the mystery machine uh, this is definitely a recency bias but it's gonna be uh, Tito Rozier he had a pr- probably one of his best games of the season last night just in terms of. Scoring, I think he was one of the few Celtics who was actually a plus. Um, he had that wild uh, kind of coast-to-coast uh, buzzer-beater layup that was pretty impressive. He's just um, he's shown more of an impressive kind of off-the-dribble mid-range game, and I just like what I've seen. Definitely last night he was much better option or than Marcus Smart was in terms of being the point guard. Um, and this kind of just uh, – echoes what Brad Stevens was saying earlier in the week about how he likes the progress his team has made, especially from the younger players like Jalen Brown, like Terry Rozier, is that these guys are getting better. So you'd have there is hope for the future, not just long term, but uh, this season when you get everyone back, if you got the young guys, the role, the role players playing well, eventually the stars are going to they're going to be stars and this team should start like stringing together some wins. So it's just nice to see Rozier. Uh, Steadily improving and having a good game uh, against the Spurs. Hot take. Terry Rozier wasn't nearly as good as people gave him credit for against the Spurs. Ooh, go on. Explain. I think, I mean, Patty Mills and Tony Parker lit him up. He was one for six in the second half with just one assist over 12 minutes. He, I mean, obviously in the first half, they would have got blown out in the first half without Terry Rozier. He had 10 points. You know, they were down 11 right before the half. That play before, like, the coast-to-coast, that was that was crazy. He had 5.3 seconds. And, and the timekeeper, I think, was a little helpful to the Celtics. He, he didn't start – he or she didn't start the clock right as Rozier caught it. But his momentum was going away from the hoop. He had this big crossover in the middle that he was going lateral, not full speed straight ahead. And he still made it all the way in five seconds – for a layup and the, the buzzer hadn't even gone off by the time it fin- it went down so he probably made it in like four point something seconds just a play that very few people would make I, I thought he was great in the first half not so much in the second half and so yeah that that's that's my terry rozier hot take of the day yeah I i'm going take. i'm going through like the kind of the memories now of all the times patty mills was left open and now I'm remembering it's, oh, oh, Terry Rozier decided to go under that pick. Or, oh, Terry Rozier's, like, got caught up going over that pick. So, um, I don't know. I, I just don't think anyone else really uh, really deserved that fourth spot over him. And just I'm, for that coast-to-coast play alone. I, I'm with you on the, on, the, on the pick, actually. And he was, uh, among all their players, he was probably, I mean, he's, he was certainly their, their best player, in the, both sides, Avery Bradley, in the first half. And one of their best players for the game, he he overperformed compared to expectations big time. So he he was really good. I just don't think 
he was as good as as everyone. Like there was a huge, huge hype train for Terry Rozier, and I think he was more flawed in that game than than most people. I think Celtics fans were just trying to gleam onto some sort of positive. As much as they like to bitch and complain and uh, try to trade away everyone, people generally want to be happy. So if there's any positive, uh, they're going to go for it. Just like like that one time Kelly Olynyk didn't hesitate and made a shot. People were amped about that. <laughs> people were so excited that Kelly Kelly decided not to hesitate. Uh, Kelly, who wears wears his socks inside out for pregame warm-ups. Um, the last pick on the mystery machine, I'm going with Marcus Smart. And obviously he he didn't have the greatest game against San Antonio. He was really sloppy at times with his passes. The I thought the, the Spurs really, really pressed up in the passing lanes and, and made things tough on him. And, and he's not a scorer, so... So teams are able to do that. Like if you press up on the passing lanes and don't give as much help when Isaiah's in there, he's going to score buckets upon buckets upon buckets. Now if you do the same against Marcus Smart and try to turn him into a scorer, he's not nearly the same caliber of scorer. So he got in trouble a little bit when San Antonio was, was pressuring that much. But his his three previous games were just really, really good. The Oklahoma City game was one of the better point guard games he's ever played, maybe the best point guard game he's ever played. In Isaiah Thomas's absence, Smart showed himself as a capable playmaker for the most part. And I'm letting him pose. I'm I'm letting him pose in the, in the <laughs> mystery machine too. Get those poses out of his system because next time, at least when it hits the rim, man, like no more posing. <laughs> Once you know it missed... No, no more exaggerating the fall through. So I, I wasn't mad at the, at the pose, but may, maybe not next time. Maybe maybe let, <laughs> let's take it easy next time. Just just normal follow through, and and let's not act like you're Stephen Curry or Nick Young. I have one alternative pick for uh, for the fifth seat, and we'll, uh, we can let the people of the of the internet decide who deserves it. I'm gonna go with Gerald Green. Because Gerald Green did something to me that I think um, went unnoticed. I'm going to try and connect the dots here. Tuesday, we see a bunch of images of Gerald Green and Jay Crowder playing golf. And we see a bunch of tweets about them playing golf together. And it's all fun and games. They talk about how terrible Gerald Green was. Wednesday, he's a scratch because he has a a messed up hip, hip flexor. Now, I'm not a golfer. But I'm assuming, and I've watched Billy Madison, it's all in the hips. <laughs> so somehow... Judge Peterson, golf pro over here. Exactly. So somehow, Gerald Green was managed to uh, hurt his hip flexor while golfing and go completely under the radar because uh, he is no longer basketball relevant. But just for that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Gerald Green my final spot in the mystery machine. I don't think you had a final spot, but we'll cram. We'll cram no, this is Ger- instead of Marcus Smart. I don't. Uh, Marcus Smart's played so poorly on Wednesday that I okay. want to block his entry. Okay, you're you're going to be the one to tell Marcus that he's not that he is his invitation has been revoked. Yeah, if his hand's still in the air, I'm I'm sure that one will go over well. <laughs> the day a Celtics player comes up to you in the locker room and complains about not being in the mystery machine is the day. 
we have made it officially. Yeah, that, I, I need that to happen. Uh, Gerald Green, just, just for the record, he told trainer Celtics trainer Ed Lucert that he tweaked the hip while playing one-on-one last week. So just, just putting that out there, that's what he said. <laughs> I can't verify that that's what actually happened, but that's what he said. So that's, that's the mystery machine. We probably have six people on the mystery machine because Marcus Smart would not take kindly to getting kicked off. He might that, – that would not end well. So we got, we got a six-person mystery machine. Isaiah's sitting shotgun. Gerald is laying across his teammates' laps in the back. And, <laughs> and that's it. We'll leave you with that, that image. That's, that's it for this episode of the Locked On Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. Come back every single weekday to listen to us chat about the Celtics. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.